Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. My next guest is Michael Karoff from Karoff Communications in San Diego, California. And uh, we're going to talk about websites and SEO that rock. Uh, and we're going to talk about SEO versus PPC, differences, similarities, and how they all work together. Michael, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure to have you with me. And uh, again, uh, as I mentioned uh, in some of our prior guests, I see Michael a lot in and about uh, early in the morning, usually at a group called Provisors, where we both uh, where we both are out meeting other advisors and getting to know how we can help our clients uh, through those advisors. And Michael, you you attend. I see you all over the place. So you're you're an early morning driver, I guess. I, I am a morning person, so it's not too difficult. <laughs> All right, and um, you know, before we get into the meat of the matter here, SEO versus PPC, uh, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Um, as you may know from looking at my site, I, I'm a reformed musician. By, by my early 20s, I had achieved my childhood goal of playing music for a living and quickly realized it was a lousy life. So <laughs> I got a real job, and the job I got might be the most boring job any human can do, and that is editing insurance law books. Wow. So when I wasn't trying not to fall asleep, I did learn a lot about typesetting and fonts and page layout so that when I went to work later for a friend of guitars and talked them into letting me start a magazine, I was, I was kind of prepared. And I did that for eight, eight years. And that was wow. a terrific job. I, just, I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was while I was doing that that I happened to get a lucky break and start my website business. That's great. I, I didn't know that about you. That's that's an interesting uh, topic. And, and uh, Fender did not have anything going before that, and, and you proposed that idea to them, and they said yes? Yeah, all they had was this kind of heated little four-page newsletter. And uh, it took me a while, but I did talk them into letting me start the magazine. That's fantastic. And so uh, from there, um, how did you get into this business? I was um, starting to hire local people in the music industry to write articles for the magazine after a while, and one of them was coming in for his photo shoot, mentioned the web, one thing led to another, I ended up signing on with him to not only build the first site I'd ever built in 1995, but to, to try to bring in new customers, and that's what got me started in the marketing end. So I really started building websites doing SEO simultaneously. 
Well, nothing like the voice of experience. I, I would imagine SEO was a, and uh, website building was a very different-looking uh, task than it, then than it is now. Very, very much so. You're right. To tell you Just how simple websites there. were, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew page layout from doing the magazine, but I learned HTML coding, which is how you originally built websites, in an afternoon with an online tutorial. That's all it took. That's, now, that's amazing. Now the people that work for me know a lot, lot more than I do, and I, I, I can't really keep up. So, so now, of course, the, the Internet is a, a part of everybody's daily life, and a lot of businesses are trying to figure out what's the best way to get exposure and, uh, and uh, get clients uh, from that. And so we look at all these different techniques out there, and uh, so let's talk about the, the methods that we've outlined here, SEO versus PPC, which I, I assume is pay-per-click. That's correct, yes. Boy, I'm glad I got that right because that could have gone really bad right there. Okay, so let's talk about the differences, the similarities, and how they, how they all work together. Um, you want to give us the, the, the broad brush outline of that? Absolutely. I mean, both of them work on the principle of searching. It's, it's the customers or potential customers actually looking for what they want to find, and hopefully it's you. So that's where they come together. But where they're different is SEO, or search engine optimization, is a slow, very slow build with not a whole lot of control on your side. It's, I, I equate it to PR, where you have a PR person pitching stories for you, and if you get picked up by a magazine, great, but you can't control it. Pay-per-click, mm -hmm. on the other hand, is more akin to advertising, you have a lot of control. You have very specific things that you can do with it, and you can do them very quickly. Now, one of the disadvantages is with pay-per-click, besides paying someone like me to, to manage it skillfully, you have to also pay Google for every click you receive. Right. It and I think that's that might uh, people might wonder. Well, how do I know? What if I get overrun with clicks? I guess that's a good thing. But what if they're, what if they're not turning into business? What what are some of the decision points that you walk people through when they're trying to decide what's the best combination of programs? Bill, you you really hit on the nub of the matter, which is it's very easy to get a ton of clicks or visits to your site. In fact, the the staffers at Google are happy to help you do that. But the, the trick is to get the, the combination of research, of writing the right kinds of ads, of having ways to filter out people that aren't potential customers, and then converting them once they get to your site. So it's, it's more about quality than quantity. I got you. And so uh, um, in, on my line, at least, it cut out right when you said the trick is to get, I think you said, the right kind of customers. Is that what you said? the right kind of visitors to your website. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and how how does one go about um, that's where you come in I would imagine to help people figure out well who is your is a start with the the end in mind who is your ideal target? Uh you know, things have changed a lot as far as being able to target to those specific individuals. I I don't think people realize how much targeting is is uh, available from all the information that's been gathered. Can you can you address that? Absolutely. Now, one of the misunderstandings is people think we can target. Like, let's say that you want to reach, you sell pharmaceuticals and you want to reach doctors, and they come to us and say, can you target doctors? We have to say no. We can't target doctors. What we do is 
we figure out if we were a doctor, what would we what would we be looking for online? What would we type in? We start with that, and then and then as time goes on, and we see people coming to the clicking on the ads and going to the site, we start to filter out the the things that aren't working and filter out the things that are working. And a lot of times, it's more about what's working. We can't tell you why. Like I can't tell you why. Your, your ads perform better between 2 and 4 in the afternoon on Tuesday and Thursday. But the important thing is we know that, so we give those more weight. That's where the data comes in. Okay, so, so it's, it's figuring out what someone might, would, would likely put in to search for your product or services. And, and then is it then uh, used to be, I don't know if it's still like this because I know it's always changing. That's and that's one area I want you to address too. That uh, it used to be they just put, let's say you wanted to sell widgets in Newport Beach, you put Newport Beach widgets all over your copy and your website, and and it would pick up on that. But I don't think that's true anymore, is it? No. Now now we've you've sort of switched over to the organic side or SEO um, from pay per click, and okay. you're right. It's not that simple. People every time people figure out how to quote game the system, Google figures it out and doesn't let them do it. So the best advice I can give people is if you produce really good content, written content or, or video content that's relevant to your potential customers and viewers and valuable to them, that is the most powerful tool you can use to get good search engine positions. And there are a number of other auxiliary methods that we use, but a good well-written content is the, is the core, was the core 20 years ago and is still the core today. Well, and not only that, but uh, you create websites that rock, right? So when, when, when you look at, when someone looks at a website, and uh, I've, I've been on some experiments where some people have said, here, tell me, your, tell me your company name, I'll see how searchable you are, and I'll see what your website looks like. And some of the websites are just they're just horrible. They uh, uh, compared to what now. It, now it seems to be all about um, big graphics, um, uh, less less clutter on the page, and just kind of leading people through to you know w what's the most important thing for them to do. Tell us how you know when you look at a website. What are some of the things you look at where you say this really is not a good website, and no wonder you know, and we can really help you. No wonder you're not getting many much business out of this? Well, probably the worst thing I see on websites is that they don't work well on all devices. Now, it used to be enough that you had a website for a computer and you also had a mobile version. That's no longer sufficient. Your website has to be designed and programmed such that anything I'm using, whether I'm on a tablet, a phablet, phone in, in portrait, or landscape view, a laptop, a huge desktop, any device I'm looking at, your website on, it seems to me that the website was designed exactly for that device. And mm. that's the mm -hmm. key. It's, it's, that, it's what we call liquid design. Your website flexes like, like you had water in a sealed bag and you squeezed it and the water goes wherever it should go to fill that bag. Your website should mm -hmm. work the same way. So that's a telltale sign, right, that, that, it's, that it doesn't conform um, how about from a, a copy design where people just used to think, well, I'll just put as much up there as I can, and uh, the spaghetti theory, I guess, of designing a website? I have no problem with putting a lot of material, but we use a philosophy called 
bite-sized chunks of information. The human mind can only absorb so much at a time, so you separate it out into categories and subcategories and little pieces so that as a viewer I can process it and go to where I want. And then after that, you can put as much material as you want. You can go as deep as you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, when you're when you're first working with someone, what are some of the questions that, that you get frequently from someone when they're just starting off with you and they say, you know, can you take a look and tell me what you think? Uh, what do what you ask and what, what are they looking for generally? Um, that's a good point. One of the things that they often come and say is, well, we're not mobile friendly, which is, goes back to what I said earlier. And what mm-hmm. they mean is people have told them it doesn't work well on the phone. And that's when I guide them through the process and say, you're right, you need to work well on a phone, but what about tablets? Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, what about your laptop? That looks different than your big screen computer. Oh, I never thought about that. So we also get them to understand that these days, almost everyone looks at a website they're interested in from multiple devices. They may be out standing in line during the day looking at something on their cell phone, and they go back to their office to look at another computer. What you want is for them to get to that site on the other device and go, oh, yeah, this is where I was. This is the same site. Not, are these the same people? I, I really can't tell. Right, right, right. Consistency, right? Yeah. Uh, so you have, you have a particular uh, client success story I think you wanted to share with us today. Yeah. Um, the one that, that I think speaks the, the most relevantly to today's world is a, it's a nutraceutical company that came to me a couple of years ago and said, well, we have this new brand. We need, we need a website. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I started taking a look at them, and they had five different brands, all of which looked completely different. There was no consistency. So what I advised them to do, and they did, was let me redesign all the sites so that they're compatible, complementary, but also have individual personalities, and that's what we did. And after they saw that work and they saw the marketing work, they asked us for our big idea. And we said, we think you need to have a new brand where you coalesce your, your vegetarian products or vegan-based products into one line instead of having them spread out. So they let us do mm-hmm. that. After we did that, we put out some press releases on it, and it got picked up by some sites that market websites online just you know, for free to people. Last month, they had 50,000 submissions to their free sample offer. That was a problem in that they didn't have that many samples, but they also captured 50,000 addresses and emails in one month. You can't pay for that kind of thing. I mean, that's just, it was unbelievable, and they were very ecstatic. That is uh, above and beyond uh, their expectations, I'm sure, right? I mean, that's to come in and say, hey, the way I see it, Maybe maybe we should combine a few things here, make it easier for consumer to pick up on more of what you do. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, well, it's the kind of success as a vendor you know you hope for, but don't always see that level. So it's gratifying when you do. Now, I'm sure part of this is uh, that bleeds through is your creativity as a musician, uh, and uh, you're you're in a, an excellent uh, um, Santana tribute band and uh, play some pretty big venues. How does being in a band uh, make you a better manager of a digital marketing company? <laughs> <laughs> managing, managing the people in the band is harder than managing a company. No, it's, 
Bill, you're a musician too, so you you know. A band is like a giant dysfunctional family. And mm -hmm. if you can keep that together, then it gives you a lot of the skills you need to run a company. You're dealing with venues. You're dealing with a company. You're dealing with clients. You're dealing with band members that often have egos and issues. In your company, you're dealing with your contractors or employees or whatever. So it definitely has helped. I've, I've always been the band leader ever since I was 14, and that's helped me be the person at the helm of the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there there are a lot of moving parts, like you said, personalities and uh, getting equipment to to certain places on time and making sure that you're right. managing your time properly. When you when you think about it, there are a lot of similarities, and and of course that with what you're doing, it allows you to use your creative mind in in ways that that are much better uh, for people. I mean, there there when you think about. Uh, uh, web design, and sometimes sometimes you think, well, this person is just going to be a technology kind of a nerd, if you will. But bringing that creative side of it, I'm sure, uh, benefits your clients in many many ways, and uh, you get thanks for that. I'm sure, Michael. I, I hear great things about the thank yous that you get from people in and around the group provisors that we both belong to, and um, so you do a great job. And uh, you had a couple tips for us, I think. Uh, before we go, tips, ideas, or precautions for our listeners? Um, absolutely. So the first thing is, and this especially has to do with SEO and, and or PPC, pay-per-click. Somebody tells you things, always go in with skepticism. Because honestly, there is no magic bullet. There's no secret method that this one person or company knows. It's basically just a lot of time and hard work and, and a certain level of skill. So if something sounds too good to be true, it is. I think that's the biggest tip I can give people with SEO. With websites, I'd say find somebody who's got experience to build your site and, and look at the work they've done before and go on their websites. Visit the sites they've built on a phone, on a tablet, on, on anything you can find, and make sure that they really do all work. Because while you may not be thinking about that, they should be. Great, great ideas, and, and that's big part of it is understanding the 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 work that you put into understanding your client, as you mentioned with your story. That uh, you know you, you can see where they're trying to get to, not just do some technical work uh, on their on their site. And that's that's very important. You're you're a very creative individual, and uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you. And I'm I'm glad you're there for our listeners and our clients. Now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to, to reach out? At the website, um, it's www.caroff, which is C-A-R-O-F-F, -F, as in frankfrank.com. Okay. And from there, they can see uh, some of the, as you said, some of the samples and, and things that you've done. Um, obviously, uh, you would expect to see good websites at your website, I would hope. You would expect to, <laughs> and hopefully we have that. Yeah, we actually have um, several dozen samples of our port in our portfolio, and they're they're broken up by category. So there's medical, legal, services, products, financial, whatever thing you're you're looking for, you should be able to find. So if you're if you're listening to this and you look at your website and you think you know, maybe it's time that I really stepped it up. Um, there's there's been you know I know my website could be better. Uh, call Michael Karoff. There's nobody better in in the world that you can call in this in this industry. Go to the website, 
www.karoff.com. Get in touch and improve up your game and, uh, and see if maybe uh, you, can, you can get your website to work as hard as you do for your business. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, and I uh, look forward to seeing you out and about and I look forward to the next time we speak. I do as well. Thanks again, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 